0: 43 of Multifamily Collective, where it is our mission to tease out human potential in the multifamily space. I'm your host, Mike Brewer, and I am extremely excited about today's guest, Mr. Mike Wheeling! Mike Brewer.
1: How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on, man. This is is so fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I gotta gotta tell you, you and I have known each other for a very long time, so I'm super excited about this conversation. Hopefully I don't talk too fast, or hopefully we do talk fast, and that'll be interesting for everyone. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) So just by for our audience, Mike is the founder of Thirty Lines, a digital marketing agency for local business in real estate. And interestingly enough, based in Ohio, correct, Mike?
1: That's right.
0: I, I'm actually from Ohio, Marion, little town, little town. I did d- not
1: know th- I did not know that. That's I awesome. am first time Ohio I- native. There's always an Ohio connection.
0: That's right. I totally agree with that. Well, Mike, is there uh, anything you'd want to lead with before we kick off a conversation that uh, has no script?
1: Uh, n- no, actually, not at all. You know, we'll keep the intro short and brief, and and we'll get right into it. I know you have a lot of a lot of stuff that you want to talk about, and a lot of things that 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 I want to get out of your brain.
0: Definitely. So, so, Mike, I I do want to start by you and I met. Uh, let's say it was I don't know, fifteen years ago. I'm just making up a number, but it was a very long time ago. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we were one of your first five clients at, at 30 lines or def- definitely in the very early innings, we were one of your first clients. And, but I could you tell me, at least from your perspective or from your memory, how that relationship came to be? Because I think there's a powerful story there that, that is evergreen and, and is still important today.
1: Oh, man, um, yeah, it, it, it is about 15 years. You were actually client number two. Two. I, I went, I went back and looked. you were client number two. Um, so, you know, I, I think, correct me if I, if I, if, if I'm wrong here, fill in some gaps. But, you know, really, I started the business, not necessarily even as a business, I started it by just creating content about the things that I was seeing and the things that I that, that was that was happening. Um, at the time, that's right about when when Twitter launched. That's and it. And, you know, when we had, uh, I know that we had connected with a few other industry professionals, uh, you know, through Twitter conversations, but, you know, and then we just started building, started connecting through that community, right? Having those conversations with each other, sharing ideas, sharing content, just trying to figure things out as we went. And I know that you were trying to do the same thing. You know, you, you had, you were building your team at the time and you were trying to figure stuff out too. And I think that that's really uh, the genesis of a lot of what happened. you know, this was probably what, 2000, 2007, 2008, 2010, somewhere in there, where we we were just trying to figure out what to make of all of the new things that were available and how we could use them and, and how we could apply it to, to this thing that we do every day.
0: That, that That's exactly right. I, I, I think the thing, from my perspective, in the way that you approached the creation of your business and what is 30 lines today is that you, you didn't come in with this pitch that, Hey, you need to, you need to do business with me because I'm this and I'm that. And I'm all, you, you came in with this sort of soft and subtle approach of, Hey, I want to get to know you. Right. And I want to get to know what your struggles are. I want to get to know there's never this overt sales pitch. And even though you were in the early innings of growing a business, it, it was, it was that approach that caused me to go that i like that guy right i i liked you first as a person and that gave way to this business relationship that has existed for for now 15 years right on and off yep. certainly because yep. i've i've moved to a different organization but but anytime i think about the the topic of marketing or branding or anything related to to marketing apartments I think of Mike Whaling and and it's because of that experience that I had
1: with you. Well, then you're you're thinking you're thinking the right way. I like it.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Mike, I I you know we talked a little bit before we got started here. I I don't script these things. Um, I know that you sent a few bullet points over and maybe we're gonna use one. Uh, just to kick the conversation off, but I'd just like to just go for it and see what comes out of this. Uh, you sent a bullet point over that said, make communities more marketable, don't just work on their marketing. And I can you yeah. unpack that for our audience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's, um, you know, you've known for a long time that, that marketing has traditionally been underinvested invested when it comes to multifamily, right? We've never really seen... Um, the kinds of investments in marketing in multifamily that we see in other industries. Um, And because of that, I think that a lot of everything, everything related to marketing and sales and marketing automation and sales enablement and CRM and all of and, you know, business intelligence and attribution, all of those, all of the above has always been thrown into a marketing team that is, understaffed and overworked and also trying to figure out how to help their the on-site teams with flyers and things like that right? right along the way the industry's gotten a lot more sophisticated but i think a lot of the a lot of the conversations have have lagged a little bit in terms of of how we talk about marketing and really i like the word unpacked because we really kind of have to take it apart piece by piece and look at it's not marketing a lot of what we talk about is just distribution. A lot of what we talk about in this industry, when somebody says, hey, I need new, I need a marketing idea, they're really looking at like media distribution, media buying. W- what's the new ILS I should try or what's the new social media channel that I should try? Or give me something so that I can go find more traffic and more eyeballs. Right. And really what we wanna what what we see is one, like that's an important piece of it. But after you get that traffic, after you get those eyeballs, what's the story that's going to draw them in? You know, you are world famous for talking about make it compelling. And, you know, that's 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 Mike Brewer's word. Right. And what are we doing to make that story compelling and draw people in and continue to convince them, gain their trust that, hey, this is exactly where you want to live for the next 12, 18 months, whatever that looks like. That's that's a different kind of marketing. That's creative marketing. That's storytelling. That is that is building trust. That's not what ILS should we be using or will Facebook marketplace work for us at this asset or um, you know what should I have in place for my chat bot? Those are all tools to help us facilitate a conversation and get in front of the right people, but very different pieces of marketing. So when I say that, you know, what I want us to do is say, hey, yeah, we absolutely need to think about media buying, we need to think about where are we going to invest. But what's the story that we're going to tell? When when somebody sees us there? What are we going to do to make our community make our assets more marketable? And, and the way that I think about that is, you know, think about it as this, we're the community that does x, fill in the blank. And that could be that could be, Hey, we love pets. That could be, we give a cookie to everybody who, who takes the tour with us, or we, a free Starbucks coffee, right? Like it could be really small. Um, it, it you know, I've seen, um, uh, I saw something on Instagram where a, a community was doing a ribbon cutting for every new resident, every new resident got to, got a pair big pair of scissors and they got to ribbon cut a, 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 a huge ribbon across their door. Um, those are touch points. Those are things that leave a mark, and and make you feel something, and and that's what that's what marketing is. Marketing is something that makes you feel enough that you're going to change your behavior because of it. So, uh, we want to talk about the investments, but we also want to talk about that. Hey, we're the community. We're the property management company. We're the owner that does X, and we're known for this
0: yeah that you know you know what comes to mind for me is storytelling right and the, the ability to tell a good story and the, the ability to package that story in such a way that it is it, it's not only distributable by the the owner operator uh but also by the consumer right so let's let's call that the instagrammable moment right that that remarkable moment that you get you get traction out of for not doing anything other than providing the arena for that person to, to, to take that picture. Yep. Right. And yep. to share it out. Yep.
1: And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be take all kinds of different forms, right? It could be architecture. It could be, Hey, every building has this kind of lighting on it. Every time I drive by a cracker barrel on the side of the highway, I know, I can, I know it because of the architecture and, the, you know, the row of rocking chairs on the front porch, like, you know, that's certainly not not the only piece of it, but like, that's their brand. That's that's their marketing. That
0: That's that's right. Do you see what also comes to mind for me in in I, I'm thinking about the world uh, of marketing more and more this way? Is that there's this separation between the creative that you mentioned just a second ago and the data and the analytics that go into driving, at least in my head, driving that creative or creative rather. Do you see that happening in the multifamily space, whether it be in-house operations or where they farmed it out, where you have this separation and you you get more of this data-driven marketing model?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I do see that as organizations grow and as they get more sophisticated, they're certainly starting to separate those two. I wouldn't separate them very far though, right? Like it's, it's typically two very different minds of somebody who is coming up with the creative storytelling versus that person who is really digging into the numbers and looking for what's the story that here, what are the insights that I need to pull out of what I'm seeing in the data? Um, but you want to keep those two people talking to each other because, That's where you really start to start to be able to leverage the data. data. You know, when you talk about data driven and data driven marketing, data driven anything in business, you have to be able to understand what's happening in that data, pull insights out of it and then do something with it. Right. There's got to be the execution element. And that means sitting down and going, what are you seeing? What are the search terms that are happening? How are people what's the journey look like on our website? Where are they coming from? What do they, you know, talk to your ILS partners and, and ask for what are the top search terms that, that people are using to find our listings? And then, and then step back and go, okay, if people are looking for more work from home or they're looking for a washer and dryer in the unit or they're looking for outdoor space, what does that mean? What does that mean for development? What does that mean for our amenities? What does that mean for how we make our space more marketable for the next person?
0: Yeah, it it just, it it seems like, at least in my own head, it seems like, you,
1: you,
0: in a perfect world, you, that person would be the same person, right? Because you're...
1: You, <laughs> we but, all want that unicorn.
0: That, that's right. But, but it doesn't seem to, at least in my experience thus far, it doesn't seem to play out that way because the... One is a right brain thinker, the other is a left brain thinker, right? And, and but to your point, you have to have both in a perfect world, you'd get one, but I am interested. in sort of maybe this is a nice segue. Maybe it isn't, but it doesn't matter. Um, In consumer behavior, so out of that data, you get these insights. My imagination tells me there's consumer behavior that is driving those insights and those actions be you know, whatever they're typing into a search bar or, or whatever. How do you view the world as it relates to? marketing in the way consumer behavior is being shaped today. In other words, we as operators need to pay attention to that. And I'm interested from a marketing perspective, how we pay attention to that and what we should be looking for in in the way of behavior.
1: I, I think we want to be looking at how do people, how do people shop in general and, and where is their attention spent? Because those are the two things that I care about the most. Where are people spending their time? And then when they need to go make a buying decision, um, because in our industry, it's the biggest buying decision that they're going to make that's right. uh, until, they bu- until they buy a house, right? But I want to know where do they spend their time and where is where's their attention? And right now that's on TikTok and that's on Snapchat and it's on Instagram and YouTube. Um, but then when they go to make a buying decision, where does, the, where does their attention go and what do they do then? And that's where, you know, YouTube still plays a big part of it, but it's not so much about TikTok, it's more about Google and, and what am I going to go search for, right? Um, and it might be going and asking some friends for, for advice and, and trying to get that input and, and that word of mouth and that like, hey, what do other people like? What do other people think? Um, you know, one of the things that I look for is um, the stories that people want to tell about themselves.
0: Oh good. Yeah, that's and
1: and I think that you know, in our industry, with, with where you live says something about you. The kind of car you drive says something about you. And that's that's important to recognize of, you know, you mentioned that Instagrammable moment. That's because I want to be able to share with with my friends here I am. Look at what I'm doing right now. And this is the story that I can tell because I'm standing on that rooftop deck overlooking the city of Atlanta or overlooking the waterfront because that's the story that I want. That's, that's, that's how I want you to see me. Right. Right. So I think that that's something that is really important for us to keep in mind is, yeah. What is the aspirational story that you can help someone create for themselves, whether it's through your marketing or whether it's through your leasing agent, as they're giving the tour, it's, How do you help that person envision themselves in your community, not only loving it, but they see a better version of themselves because they made the decision to live with you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so good. I, I, it brought to mind a, we were uh, developing a deal. Well, it was actually a, a renovation project in downtown St. Louis and like four high rises, four or five high rises. There's like nearly a thousand units there in total, uh, and we were talking about the amenity set that we were going to put in, and and you know it, it all comes down to math for the owner or the developer, and in in so in some of those conversations, the math was well, how many people really use that, right? Yep. And and I remember our architect who was very astute came back and said, not the point, right?
1: Doesn't doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter. It's it's precisely what you just said. If they never use the fitness center, they want to be able to say check out this fitness center, right?
1: Yep. Yep. If,
0: if they don't own a dog, they want to be able to say, you know, hey, whoever wants to come see me, bring your dog. I can. We have a cool dog yep. park, right? It, yep. And that's the thing. It's
1: important. Yeah, I, 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 I 100% think that that's something that we have to keep in mind as we're as we're not only choosing amenities and, and new developments you know, uh, even the types of finishes that we're putting into value add deals, you know, that's important. What does that look like? Because, you know, if I'm taking pictures in my kitchen for my for my recipe blog, I want that to look really good. And I want that to look a certain way. So what are the things that we can do to, to help people with that?
0: So t- talk to me about, I-, I love what you just said in the way of you know, having a kitchen such that it makes good representation for my user, call it user generated content that happens to include my apart apartment community. Have you seen things out there, interesting things out there uh in the in the multifamily space where where you've been able to I guess I call it co-partner with the resident, right? And leverage the audience, uh, you know, that blogger, that food blogger. It- have you seen anything interesting in the way of the property owner partnering with those types of individuals to to bring brand awareness I'll call it brand awareness if there's a better word for it to the to a community
1: yeah I mean influencer marketing has been a really popular topic over the past couple of years right it's It's blown up outside the industry and as such people in, within multifamily are really interested in it i I think that there's a place for influencer marketing um you know, what I would say is you gotta be really careful about it because traditional influence influencer marketing is I've got a huge audience on TikTok, I've got a huge audience on Instagram, and brands wanna leverage that. And in a lot of cases, that's that's brands that are, you know, I have uh you know, a particular beauty product, I want to get in front of people or clothing right. line or something like that. Where it doesn't geography is not a factor. Yeah. But, you know. In any given apartment community, there are two or three hundred people, you know, in a big community, it might be a thousand people, but there's three hundred people in the world who get to enjoy that experience of living there. Right. That's, That's it. Right. It's a very small exclusive audience. So in a lot of cases, influencers who have a giant, a giant reach aren't super helpful if I'm trying to rent in Portland, Oregon, or downtown St. Louis. So you have to be really careful about who can I partner with, who's going to get me in front of the right audience, who is interested in renting in downtown St. Louis. Um, I'm not saying it's 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 not it's it's impossible. It's just you have to be careful about what your objectives are and make sure that that aligns with the influence that you're working with. I've actually seen it work. Um, I was just reading a story on LinkedIn the other day about somebody who made this work really well for um, you know they traded rent with an influencer. Um, happened to be in Oregon and it worked out really well for them. Um, I, you know, I think that they, they saw, you know, they deemed it to be a net positive in terms of the investment that they made. Um, beyond that, though, I think that there's, you know, I'm, for the average community, I think it's better to look at things like loyalty programs. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are a number of different resident loyalty programs out there that allow you to incentivize different actions. And if I can turn of my residents into salespeople, into advocates because they're getting rewarded for following us on Facebook, following us on Instagram for taking a photo and hashtagging it and tagging our property. Um, You know, and then at the end of the, at the end of the month, they, they can, they can swap that in for Starbucks or Amazon cards or something like that. That's gold because now I've got, you know, 30, 40, 50 people out there who are sharing their experience and sharing it in a really positive way.
0: Yeah. That's the the ROI on that <laughs> investment mm-hmm. probably probably pencils better than a lot of other avenues yeah. of
1: You know, you know, Mike, we were talking before we before we hit record, you were talking about like the future that doesn't exist. I I honestly I, I honestly think about why don't more multifamily companies get into affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. And, and look at, because if we pay resident referral, you know, if you're paying, if you'll pay a resident $300 for referring somebody, would you pay that to anybody? Right. Right. Because, you know, we, we do it for locators, right? We do it for brokers. They're getting a fee for sending us business. So why wouldn't we create some kind of relationship like that with local business partners, with other, with other influencers in the community, who know us? Who like us? Who trust us? They know that we you know we we have a great community. Let's make sure. Let's take care of them for sending business our way.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. And it's it brings to mind that we've there have been a hundred different versions of of that program over the course of my career. I'm sure. Yep. And, and everybody talks about it. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic idea. I think the solve for is not there yet, right? How do you, right. because people in the office certainly contend with everything from ringing phones to serving consumer, you know, all, all of it that yeah. happens in an office on a daily basis. So that, that thing that would be super valuable to us gets knocked down the list of priorities and never happens, right?
1: Well, but I think that we have to look at where do we put it, right? Because mm-hmm. I 100% think that that is not the job of anybody on site.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: But, but we also don't have those roles or you know, traditionally haven't had those roles at the corporate marketing level to say, hey, we're going to make investments in brand partnerships. We're going to make investments in um, you know, event marketing and bringing on an events director. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are plenty of companies out there that have those positions today and are starting to make these investments. But that's in the past five years that that's been happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: Despite the fact that it I I have to imagine that the yield out of that would definitely pencil. Any day of the week, you get a lot of yield out of that. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, let's solve for that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wanna segue um prop tech huge term, hugely yep. low term. Tons and tons of money has has been chasing. Even if you carve out the the WeWork investment uh, that I guess turned out to be really bad,
1: <laughs> even yeah. if you
0: carve the dollars and cents that went into that, there's still a tremendous amount of investment put into PropTech. And, and sometimes I like to say put put against problems that we didn't even know we had, right? So that, I guess that's probably a backhanded way of saying that some of the some of the stuff that has been developed is probably super good in theory or on paper, but not really good in practical terms. But Anything interesting in the area of prop tech as it specifically rates, maybe you call it MarTech, but as it relates to marketing uh, that you've seen that you've been impressed by lately?
1: Yeah, I've been really impressed by. I mean, there's a ton of it, right? Sure. Um, I actually think that the, you and I had this conversation years ago, but I think that there's more opportunity for prop tech on the operations side um, and and really helping you see. You know, being able to detect water leaks before they become a problem, or any, and those kinds of things, like that, is going to pay massive dividends for for anybody who is able to do that at scale in their in their portfolio. Um, on the marketing tech side, I I am really interested by what's happening in the connection between online and offline experiences. Okay, um, and you actually see a lot of this happening right now in quick serve restaurants you see some of it happening in hotels and hospitality and it's starting to trickle into um, starting to trickle into, to multifamily, but the ability, you know, we talk all the time about, about attribution and multi-channel. And like, we know that the search process is messy. We know that it's, it's long and involved and uh, you know, has a lot of different touch points, but are we doing everything that we can to make it a consistent experience along the way so that people feel like they're talking to the same brand. And, and once they, once they get to the property, do you, do you know what I was interested in? Are you easily able to access what I told you I wanted from your website or what I told you I wanted from when I found you on, on or apartments.com? And then what does that experience look like from there? And is that, you know, can I, Can I pick it up and move forward from that step? And I think that that's a big thing with with kind of marketing technology in general, right? And 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 really customer service. It's it's I might not I might only be able to do my search, my 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 shopping in small little increments, but I want to be able to pick up from where I left off and keep moving and know that you're right there with me. And and there's a lot of pretty cool technology coming on board with. Um, being able to create that connectivity between the desktop computer, someone's mobile device, the, the leasing kiosk at the property, and then, you know, carry that through to a tour, whether it be guided or self-guided. You want all of that to be seamless because one, it's going to give your leasing team a better, a better insight into what that person wants. You're going to be able to personalize the experience a lot more. And when you do, it's going to fe- they're going to feel like, wow, these people got it together. They know what I want and and you know i I trust that they're going to take care of me when I'm a resident
0: yeah they it, to since the somebody realizes or experiences experiences that you put a lot of thought into the process right to your to your point it creates confidence in their buying decision mm-hmm. yep. it it it's interesting to me that the way you phrase that it it immediately brings to mind your you have said this for years and years and years um and I imagine you've you've had a fair amount of frustration with it. The the way that probably management systems, and, and it's not calling any of the systems out, it's just to say that they have always, they don't, you can't put a guest card in, yep. in right? And have yep. that guest card go sort of omnipresent across an organization. In other words, if I walk into property A, I put the guest card in, and then I go to property B that happens to be owned by the same person as a I've got to do it all yep. over it right yep. it, it, <clears throat> what you're seeing or at least what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that that technology is starting to present itself such that that card can live across across systems or no. yeah,
1: you know I mean we're getting there right you yeah. you're you're like you're like three steps ahead of 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 even where I'm thinking right now like but I want to get there um you know. I think I think of little things like hey if I have a tour scheduled it, it's it's a fantastic experience to get that that text message an hour ahead of time that says hey mike can't wait to see you here are directions to our door with a link to the google maps and you know just a reminder you, you know we still have a mask uh, a mask policy so you need to wear your mask like just that text message is okay they they heard me, they got my info, they, they know that I'm coming. And now I have one little bit of, of trust that I'm going to have a a good experience when I get there. Right. Like that type of stuff is, is, you know, is an easy but remarkable experience that is, is great for the customer.
0: That, That makes sense. I, I, uh, So I'd be interested in hearing your perspective as it relates to, and I've I've made up this analogy in my head. So if it sounds crazy, just uh, ignore it, but it's sort of, I liken it to basketball, right? And so let's say you have a a guard who sees somebody cutting down the lane um, and the guard is AI, right? That person cutting down the lane is an actual human, the AI, assists the human for a layup in our business. It's the AI assisting a leasing agent for a, for a lease. <laughs> yep.
1: I love it. I love it. I, but, you know, those examples, you mentioned a little bit earlier, the gold standard for the, cu- the customer experience is not the comp down the street. The standard that the customer, experience, customer expects in terms of how to engage with the brand comes from other brands that they engage with every day. It comes from uh, Southwest Airlines. It comes from Nike. It comes from Amazon. It comes from Publix. Like those are the 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 brands that I'm interacting with all the time, and I've got their apps on my phone, and I know what those things can do. You know, think about that experience of checking in for a flight and then getting to the airport. I can check in for a flight on my own. I can download the pass into my digital wallet by the you know two hours ahead of time, I get a little reminder. And then I pull up to the airport, and the location services pop up that that boarding pass, and all I have to do is scan it, and I'm on to my next thing. Um, that's totally possible today in in multifamily if we wanted it to be right. You know, right. you could have that experience and say, "Hey, we, you know, we we know that you're on the way. Can't wait to see you, Mike. Let's let, let's have a great tour today, and let's make sure that we hit the highlights of the things that you want to see. Check the box of the." you know the 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 three or four amenities that you want to make sure that we cover on your tour we'll pass that on to our team and and we'll see you in a bit there's there's a lot of different ways that we can go with it in terms of what we want that experience to look like um you know i know in the industry um, a lot of people love airbnb uh you either love them or hate them right? right but their ceo their ceo talks about an 11 star experience oh yeah if if we could what would What would an eleven star experience for our customer look like? And then he kind of steps back from there, but it, it just gets you start to start thinking about, okay, based on what I know from Southwest and you know under Armor or uh, you know Mac cosmetics, um, which is doing some like Sephora is doing some amazing stuff with technology right now. What are the things that we can borrow? What are the things that we can remix? What are the things that we can can apply to multifamily based on what we see from those other experiences
0: i I love that that uh that story about the eleven star experience if if uh If our audience is not familiar with that, we'll link that up in the show notes i I remember reading that story and the eleven star experience included if you flew into town, we'll have a marching band arrive at the airplane yes get you and take you to wherever you're going so. Yep. And the point being, you, you know, you can't do that, but you're backing off to a, a point where you can still really wow the customer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so, you know, I do, th- I do see, though, to your point about, about um, the guest cards, I do see, like, our industry is built for finance. Our industry is built for the owner and for the investor. Um, it's not built for the customer. Um, even in the way that we syndicate deals in the way that we are. And our software is built for that too, but all of our software is built with an asset, asset centric focus right. um, rather than a prospect centric focus. And and we see that that's the exact opposite of how people shop. That's right. That's you right. Know, so if, if if I'm, you know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, if I decided today I'm going to relocate the business and, and we're going to move to Atlanta, I, I don't know that I would know all of the cool neighborhoods. So I'd probably start looking at apartments in in Atlanta. I'd I'd be looking at things like cool neighborhoods in Atlanta or great neighborhoods for families. I'm not even looking at apartments yet. I'm looking at where should I live? Um, Right. We're not built for that. We're not built for, um, you know, Hey, I know that I want to live in this specific neighborhood. I want to, I want to live near, midtown i want to live near buckhead so we know that there's a ton of people who know those neighborhoods and are searching for that if you have four or five properties within 2 miles of that market with a, a lot of people do you should absolutely be able to capture that lead and say let's find you the best place yeah you know i love i i love the exa- like sometimes we get so involved in technology and attribution you know, we want to have a tracking number on everything. Right. Do you know the Do you know the tracking number for one eight hundred flowers?
0: No, one eight hundred flowers
1: <laughs> They don't. They don't care if you do or not, right? Because yeah. it's one eight hundred flowers, and they know that if you pick up the phone, you're going to get to their brand, right? So, right. right. If if we really believe in branding, and if we really believe in we know that all of our assets in our property management portfolio can deliver a great experience for the customer at at some level, then what does that 1-800-RADCO, you know, live RADCO experience look like? Hey, thanks for calling Mike. Tell us a little bit more about what you're looking for. Uh, You need a, you need a three bedroom. You're here's where you're, you know, you're, you're a runner and you want to, where's like, you want to be close to work. Cool. We've got three communities in your area. I'm gonna set you up with tours at two of them and then I'm gonna call you back and we're gonna see if any of either one of those a good fit. If those don't work, we'll, we'll we'll you know, we'll find you something else. But our goal here at Radco is to help you find your perfect place.
0: Yeah. And and it, suffice it to say, that perfect place might not be at a Radco community. It might be somewhere else in right? that's right. I mean that's right. I know that's probably blasphemy, but
1: it might, well, you know. but but there are easy things that we can do, right? Like, how do you open up your books to? How do you open up the the availability so that leasing agents can see sister properties? Yeah, and yeah. at least just start to get them familiar with, hey, this isn't a fit, but we have a we have a sister property a mile and a half down the road. I'm going to call them and let them know that you're on the way. Like, right. the there are baby steps that we can take. To be more customer centric um, and then once we start to move that way, you know we can work with our technology partners on building technology that that follows suit
0: yeah i I so believe in that I, I back to your sort of lead point in all of that i I've had it in my head that to the point you have sort of a pod of of properties in a particular area of town that particular area of town has a zip code and if if you as a property management or a property company or an owner can own that zip code, right? Every little nuanced piece of that experience that that zip code gives you neighborhood amenities, accoutrements, et cetera, et cetera. You've got all the answers in the bar when you yield the result, right? If you own the zip code.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, I, I think there's a lot of value in being the, yeah, Whoever is the, the management company in the area that can create the ultimate guide to finding an apartment in fill in the blank neighborhood or finding an apartment at fill in the blank university you, f- you create that ultimate guide and that becomes a massive lead generation tool for you um, a- a- among among other things, but being that resource is is huge people people uh, shopping for an apartment is a painful process and people don't, don't like doing it. What are the ways that, what are the, what are all the different ways that we can find to make it easier for them?
0: You, you know, I, <laughs> that brought to mind is a little bit off topic, but, uh, Jessica, I, I think she still works for you. Uh, she, she does. So for the audience, uh, Jessica used to work for us at Mills properties when I, when I was with Mills in St. Louis which work for mike um i i put out this offer to uh have one of our team members actually go through the experience of renting an apartment because in my in my head right we we didn't even really know at least not at an intimate level what it was like to experience going through the process of renting an apartment so like i'll pay for you to go rent one of our apartments and and i remember her almost jumping at the opportunity because there was some financial <laughs> incentive to do this. But I, it, it, to your point about it being a painful process, when I moved from uh, St. Louis to Atlanta, I didn't know anything about Atlanta. I knew it was a big city. I knew the traffic was terrible. I knew I probably wanted to be close to my office because the traffic was terrible. We were trying to decide between renting an apartment and buying a home. But But I actually... For one of the first times in my life, actually searched for an apartment. Believe it or not, I'd never done that before. I searched for an apartment online using ILSs and other means. And I thought, this is terrible. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. A terrible experience. And I don't know that it's gotten any better. I haven't tried that exercise in a while.
1: We've we've actually seen some research. Um, I don't know that it ever got got published in the industry now, but we've seen some research that basically said uh that basically found that of people who started an apartment search because they thought that they were going to move up to 70 percent of those people ultimately just give up on their search and don't move or make some, make some other living arrangements or decision because it's just it's just a tedious difficult process oh
0: it's 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 likely more painful than going to the dentist. I I didn't at <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, underrated marketing channels today. Do you uh do you have a few underrated marketing channels you can share with our uh audience?
1: Um, I mean, far and away it's email. Um we see we see that is you know I, I think So I talked a little bit before about, you know, what are the places where people put their attention and what are the places where they, where they go when they, when they need to search for something, Uh, all of those anywhere they are on social media or search or any of it is all driven by your email address and your phone number. So the more that we can do to connect with those two things, um, the better off we're going to be, especially as we get into this, post cookie world, um, with, with marketing on, on, on digital, you know, Google's trying to battle it out with the rest of the industry and Facebook's fighting with Apple about privacy and cookies and being able to track data. Um, if I have your email address and if I have your phone number, none of that stuff matters to me as a marketer. I'm not really worried about Facebook's algorithm changes or what's the next popular social media channel or any of that kind of thing. um, for our clients who invest in it, email by not even close is their number one digital marketing channel. You,
0: you know, I, I have to give it to you. You've been saying that for as long as I've known you. Build your email list. Build your email list, and and it uh, it, it it brings to mind. I, I had this wonderful exchange. Uh, it was very brief, but Seth Godin, the marketing genius of the world so I uh I sent him a question I had you know I wasn't under the illusion that he would respond to me but I asked him some question about marketing and he basically said you have to be there My, my question was really like do I become annoying to someone if I'm emailing them over long bits of time call it drip marketing with email right and he said no because you need to be there when the consumer is ready to buy, right? Yep. So you yep. need to have a cadence there. And it's not annoying. Maybe it is, they, but but those people are going to make those decisions to delete or whatever. But when the time comes for them to make a decision to buy, you need to be there. And to your point about email, there probably is no other mechanism that is more or, or allows you the ability to be more consistent in your delivery of those messages, right? No matter what the yep. message
1: We, we work with some major restaurant brands and one of the things that we do, um, on our restaurant side of the business is, is email marketing. And, you know, we consistently send two or three emails a week. Um, some have offers, some don't, some have new menu items. A lot of it's just focused on, on staying in front of people and continuing that cadence. Um, all the whole goal of the, of, of what they're trying to do is get people to come into the store two more times over the course of a year. Um, and what we see is people don't unsubscribe, you know, to your point about not being annoying because what they want to do is they, they want those emails available for them for when friends are coming into town and they want to go to brunch and then they look for what's the coupon, what's the deal, what's the, what's the event that's happening this week. Um, but they, they, they don't go away. You know, they might, they might not take action on most of the emails that you send, um, but they, uh, when they want it, it's there and it's easy for them to access. Um, and we see the same thing in apartments. We actually continue. We have, we have some clients that we work with where, you know, they send their best deals every week to their whole list. Here are our best deals. You told us you were looking for a two-bedroom. Here are our best two-bedroom deals. And, and one of the things that we put in those emails is, hey, if you already found a place, that's awesome. Here's where you can unsubscribe because that's perfectly fine. You know, we don't want to bug you if 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 you don't want to hear from us. Here's where you can forward this to a friend who might be looking for a place. Yeah,
0: that's genius, genius. Um,
1: and I will tell I will tell you that for that client, those e- those weekly emails that they send are consistently in their top three least converting sources.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, hit them where they're at. When they're ready, they'll they'll engage. Right, it's. Yep. Just, uh, it, it's so interesting to me. My, you're speaking habitually. Your, I think all of us. I'll speak for myself. No matter how hard I try to get away from email, I'm mm-hmm. still in my email every every day, right? Whether it be my Gmail yep. account, my work account, work account for obvious reasons, but but I'm always checking Gmail, and and now it's it's like a spam box, right? Because it's just I subscribe to everything on the planet Earth, but. But every now and then I do I, I right I'm a runner so every time yeah. I hope the ad comes up for shoes, you know what I, I click on that or I search for it to your point. I search for Well it.
1: and it's it's the connector it's the glue between all these different things right We were, you know we're the kind of the theme here is connectivity of customer experience and consistency if if I find you on an ILS or I find you on you know through a, a Google ad and that takes me to a landing page, I give you some information. Now those emails can get me to that next step, right? So they can get you to the website. They can get you to an appointment scheduler. They can get you to, um, you know, chatting with somebody or chatting with a bot or something like that to answer your questions. They get you to the directions to the door. They get you to the social media. It's the best way to get that person from where they find you to what the, all the different places that you want them to get to next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. To your point, the glue or the conduit that keeps them connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, I know we've been going for almost an hour now, which is well, four, 40 minutes plus minus. Uh, I, I do want to respect your time. Uh, but I'd, I, I want to ask uh, you to do one last thing before I let you tell people where they can find you. Uh, that's seeing that i try to do at the end of every episode it's called start stop and keep and it is what are you you personally if you're willing to play along what are you going to start doing this year and i know we're kind of halfway through the year but something you might be starting this year uh for whatever the reason might be something you're going to stop doing this year for the balance of this year um or something you're going to keep doing so start stop and keep
1: all right, start. So I just recently uh, started to uh, started to learn to code. Um, I know I know enough to be dangerous, but uh, I'm learning a little bit more. You know, we've got our our certain technology platforms and languages that that we're building everything on with our with with RentPress and and our platform there. Um, I know what those what those languages are, and I'm I'm starting to learn more about how to actually, you know. I'll give you a story so, or, or not a story, but it's, it's just we talked before about marketing and data analysis and insights and how those they are two different people, but you want them to be connected. I feel the same way about marketing and technology. I, I think that it's really powerful when marketers can can convey what they want, the experience that they want to deliver. Here's the story we want to tell. Here's the commercial we want to create. Here's the experience we want people to have when they, when they come to our event or come to our location. Uh, on the technology side, I'm really interested in what's possible. Based on the technology that we have available today, what could we do with this? And then you start, you just have those, those two people talk to each other. Here's what I want to do. Okay, well, here's the technology that we have. Here's what we could potentially use to create that that's how you build the future yeah. is by getting those two things together. So I want to learn not only what's out there, I want to learn what can it do because that helps me figure out what the future is going to look like. So I'm learning yeah. to code. Nice. And I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking some, you know, I, I, I'm taking some online courses and, you know, on, it's a daily thing. So, um what am I going to keep doing? I have a, uh, personal commitment to, to uh, physical fitness and a personal commitment to um, learning a new language as well. So for, uh, for two and a half years, I've done a workout every day, um, whether that be get on a bike or run or yoga or lift weights. Um, but I, I haven't missed a day since Christmas 2018. Wow. Um, um, and I, and I follow that religiously and then, um, same deal with, with, um, language, um, love to travel and, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to, trying to get, you know, get to the point where I can be fluent in Spanish. So I am keep, go, keep, I keep going on that. I have a couple of different language apps that I use and, um, I think I'm up to, uh, closing in on a thousand days, a thousand straight days of being on those classes. So. I, I do those things every day, so um, that's that's the stuff that I'm going to keep doing. Oh, that's simple. what about? What am I going to stop? What am I going to stop? stop doing? Um, I, you know, I probably need to to give that one some thought. I need to I need to stop. I probably need to stop my Netflix subscription. Is what I need to stop. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I I don't, I don't have one of those yet. I'm sure there are plenty of things that I need to need to stop, but um, I will say I've, I've, um, I'm not going to stop coffee anytime soon, but I've, (laughs) I've, I've, I've stopped on, you know, it's basically coffee and water. I've stopped any other, any other beverages beyond that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that point. I don't think I can ever give up coffee, but uh, (laughs) well, Mike, Mike, it is, it's always a pleasure. I I wish I could talk to you every day. I'm always super inspired by conversations. So what? Uh, where can people find you and in, in any parting words you want to give to the audience?
1: Uh, man, I don't know about parting words. Um, where to find me? The best place to find me is 30lines.com. That's our website. Um, you'll you'll find me and the rest of our team there. Um, in terms of social media, I am most active on LinkedIn. Um, and you can just, just search for Mike Whaling. You'll, you'll find me there. Um, parting parting words parting words um nothing nothing is out of your league unless you believe it to be that's that's kind of uh, those are kind of my words to live by is it's, it's not nothing's out of your league until you unless you believe that it is um but you know i think that the theme of the conversation is what drives everything that we're doing and and i hope for for marketers and operators alike. It's driving what you're doing too. Pay attention to how your where your customers pay attention to where your customers pay attention That's where right. they put their attention, and pay attention to how they behave because the more that we can align with that and the more that we can um, show them that we understand where they are and where they want to be, um, the more those customers will want to align with us and and put their trust in us and say hey i'm this is this is where i want to live because this is, says something about who i am i
0: i love that mike spoken by a true master you're a master and an artist i mean that uh, i i really enjoy it the, the way your mind works so mike I, thank, thank you again i absolutely appreciate it i know our audience will appreciate it you're you're always uh, fun to talk to and and super smart about what you do so thank you very much for taking the time out
1: today Oh man, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your dedication to your craft and everything that you give to this industry and to to your audience. Uh it's it's incredible what you do and how you make us all think.
0: Thanks, Mike. We'll talk again soon. Yep.
1: All right. Thanks.